Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Brian Bashan. He is the founder of Evolution Evolution. So you can find more about him at evolutionevolution.com. We had a great conversation on the last episode where we talked about, you know, his transition from being a priest to being an executive in New York City to now being the founder of Evolution Evolution. He just had some great insight and we just it was just a super fun conversation. So if you haven't listened to that, go back, listen to that, get yourself caught up. We'll still be here when you get back. And I'm super excited to have him on for the second conversation. So Brian, how are you today? I'm great. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. I had so much fun chatting with you. And I kind of want to just kind of pick up where we left off and keep going because we were talking about Evolution Evolution, which is your company. And you were talking about your vision when we ended the last show. And I love your vision and I love where you're going with that. And I just want to go a little deeper there and ask you, like, who do you work with specifically? What are some of the outcomes that you help them get? Because, you know, there might be people here listening that connect with your story, that see pieces of themselves in what you're doing, and you might be just what they're looking for. Super. No, happy to share about that. So, you know, the individuals that I love working with uh, individually are, you know, our professional leaders, and they range from people who are CEOs of uh, companies or executive directors of organizations, or, you know, people that are in a new leadership role for the first time that, you know, maybe are, you know, seeking support, or professional leaders that are at a moment in their life of like, wow, I had a great job. And I never thought this was going to happen, but, you know, the company made new decisions and now I'm out of a job and I'm in a massive transition or I desire to make a transition. So anyone who's in a professional leadership role like that, I love working with them. And, you know, I had a CEO recently um, that wanted to uh, engage in me. She was doing her homework. She was shopping around, speaking to a few different uh, executive uh, coaches and firms. And she asked me directly, she said, Brian, so what's the difference if I work with you than some of the other companies that I'm more familiar with? And I said, the answer is pretty simple. I said, you know, the other companies are going to probably focus on just the professional outcomes that you're seeking and, you know, may look at some of the areas, how it relates to you as a person and your leadership. I said, I'll also do that, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper in some of the areas that I said, oftentimes through conversations, sometimes there may be things that you bring up that you're fearful of, or there's something that triggers, you know, the way you've done something. I said, we're gonna go a little deeper into those areas. 
I said, this isn't therapy, but I said, sometimes our work can feel therapeutic because it's going to be reflective and it's a chance to align. Because I said, when you're aligned personally and professionally, that's where your purpose really moves into action. And that's where you're fully aligned to make impact. So the individuals that I work with, yes, you know, I bring in expertise to help them look at their professional goals and where they're at. But I also take a very kind of um, approach that's a little different that, you know, I begin each, se each session with kind of a breathing uh, grounding exercise that they can incorporate into their life. I also, at the end of each session, session, give them a journal entry that they need to reflect on. And we speak about gratitude. We speak about intentions. And I really find that makes a huge difference um, in the work that goes through. And I work with organizations as well, organizations that are looking to hire new people um, and intentionally how they want to move about doing that. I want to ask you this question because it just came to mind as you were talking, something mm -hmm. triggered it in my mind as you were answering that last question. And I'm super interested to hear your answer to this. Something I get asked often when I'm on other podcasts, when I'm just chatting with people is about, you know, creating outcomes that you desire and we're moving towards them. For example, if you would ask me 10 years ago where I thought I would be today, I would tell you that probably opening my fourth or fifth restaurant, building my restaurant empire because I started as a chef and mm -hmm. that's what I was working towards. Along the way, my path got changed and I'm super grateful it did because I'm infinitely more fulfilled doing what I'm doing now than I would be if I was a chef still or opening restaurants. And I didn't even know what I'm doing now was a thing at that time. I couldn't say I wanted to do this because I didn't know this existed. So I'm going to ask you that question 10 years ago, if someone would have asked you, Brian, where do you think you're going to be in 10 years? What would your answer have been? And now looking back at that and where you are now, what's your just, how do you feel about that? What's your uh, analysis of that evolution? Yeah, great question. So I've been um, out of active ministry as, as, a, as a former priest. It's been 12 years. So I'll go back to, let's say, when I was right in New York City and kind of thriving about 10 years ago, I really thought I probably would still be in New York City. Um, I, when I you know, was living there, I never planned on, on leaving. I kind of worked so hard to get there. I thought that's where I would be forever. And you know, I really thought I would probably be, at this stage in my life, probably heading up a very large organization, um, uh, you know, fundraising, whether based out of New York City or internationally. That's really um, what I thought I would be doing. And, and that's where I thought I'd be. However, I am so grateful that I remained open in my life because an openness of spirit is what has led me to where I'm at now and has led me to experiences I never would have had if I just became very closed. No, I'm here. I'm in New York. I got to stay. No, I mean, it's just, it's expanded and it's helped me grow as a person. And, and I think that has been one of the greatest joys of my life is just being open and seeing how things keep moving forward, but how everything aligns, every experience builds on the next. And I'm a firm believer in that. And that's for everyone in every career. Are, are there things you do today on a regular basis that you really enjoy that you're, that's kind of are surprising? Like you think, 10 years ago, if I would have known I was going to do these things, I would have been afraid or wouldn't have wanted to do them. Now I look forward to doing them. They're just fun things that I get to do every day that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. 
Yeah, you know, I think first of all, I think just one of the greatest things is right now, like having my own my own company. I was, you know, my life and my kind of formation was very structured, right? You know, seminary to priest to executive, and you know, it was very structured in terms of my my schedules, deliverables, how I acted, how I lived. And now I love that I'm able to integrate all the things I'm passionate about in the way that I desire into my life and to live that authentically, openly, beautifully and engage. So for me, it's a sense of, you know, having the time every day of, for wellness, of doing meditation, working out um, and then, you know, meeting with clients and working with them and spending the time that I want to do on certain projects. So that to me is something I never probably would have ever thought 10 years ago that I'd be in a place like that um, and enjoy it. Like it's such a high level. I really enjoyed structure before, but I really enjoy creating this now. Freedom is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It certainly uh, is. What's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? You're off mm -hmm. the clock, you're resting, relaxing. What do you choose to do? Yeah. So when I'm off the clock, you know, the things I love to do, I just kind of mentioned too, I mean, a daily part of my routine is definitely, you know, a meditation practice and, and reading and journaling that just really is critical for me. Um, definitely, you know, working out every day of some sorts from either spinning, uh, running, avid runner, you know, that is really important. And, you know, I'm passionate about travel. I mean, definitely during this pandemic, it is a little bit different, but I, I love travel. And there's, there's something about that, that ever since I was a little, little boy, that has just invigorated me. Like I love going places and meeting people and being open to culture. So that just is like one of my greatest joys in life. Do you like to travel with someone else or alone? Uh, I like both. You know, I mean, I think, you know, traveling, it's funny, I've, I've done both. I couple when I right before I formed Evolution Evolution, I took time, I went to Australia, uh, on my own, I went for like three weeks, and I went by myself. But I know myself that I can't do three weeks totally by myself. Like, that's just, that's a little challenging. So I had like a, a couple days alone in Sydney. And then I actually did like a wellness retreat for uh, like a week. So I was with other people. That was great. And then I saw a friend of mine at the end who lives in Australia. So it was a good combination. That That's, well, if I'm by myself, I like that. Um, but I think traveling with someone that you love, you get along well with, that you can share memories and, and also be totally honest when you're traveling of either saying, you know what? why don't we take a couple hours apart? We'll meet up for dinner later and I want to go do this. There's a great sense on that. So I, I love both, but I really love, you know, traveling with someone that loves the same things. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, I can do alone and it doesn't bother me, but like you, after an extended period, I like to talk to people. I like to be around other people and have that energy and that, that whole thing. Um, another question I have for you, I guess it just, again, I don't know what triggered it, but it came up as we were talking when you transitioned from, you know, the priesthood to the to being an executive, one of the things I see with a lot of people is they have these blocks when it comes to money, when it comes mm -hmm. to finance. Coming from the priesthood, now, depending on what type of priest you were, you probably took a uh, made a promise of simple living or something of that nature. Did you have anything that came up that you had to get over or work on as far as finance goes, making because it's quite the transition of lifestyle? 
Oh, that is a brilliant question. I'm so glad you brought that up. And absolutely. So I was a diocesan priest. And so for those who are listening that may not be familiar with that term, um, I was kind of, I was a priest that's sort of like in the parish, you know, for a geographic location. And as a diocesan priest, I did not take the vow of poverty, you know, like a Franciscan would. Um, so I did receive a monthly stipend, you know, and I received a stipend that, you know, could cover my car payment if I wanted to go out for dinner, et cetera. It wasn't a huge amount, um, but it certainly enabled me to live, you know, uh, comfortably as a priest because your housing is taken care of, et cetera. But I remember when I was leaving, like the biggest aspect is as a priest, you know, even though I didn't have a vow of poverty, you don't have a huge pool of savings, you know what I mean, that you put in from the stipend. So that was an issue. And I remember figuring out what salary point I needed to be at to live in New York City. What is the starting point salary? And I got exactly what I knew I wanted and needed. And, and it was a little bit of a transition and I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I mean, it was some, one of those things that was fortunate that I, when I left, I did have kind of my little nest egg, you know, that I was able to put together in preparation for that over time. And then it was a sense of kind of balancing that out. It was funny. I'll share this too. Like I left 2007, 2008 is when, remember, we all remember the economy. I was in New York City. So here I am, I worked so hard to get there and everything around me is collapsing. You know, people are losing jobs left and right. And financially, there were a lot of concerns. But I remember still just feeling peaceful that just be focused and continue on the path. You know, you're in the right place and just be attentive to what you have to do. And, you know, I think the finances is something that you did have to grow with, especially during that transition. Absolutely. Great question. When you when you first got there and you, you know, you said you got exactly what you needed to be living, did you find that over time your mindset developed into attracting more and more income so that you're able to do more? Or, you know, because like I said, a lot of people they have those hang-ups where they, you know, money's the root of all evil and all of that nonsense. And they believe that and they live that way. And you don't have to be a priest to believe that or live that way. People hear mm -hmm. that around them all the time. Money doesn't grow on trees, all of those things. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a spiritual place as you were and you're that's your vocation at that time, and you know, you're getting that stipend and you're living that way, and then you make those preparations. As you made that shift from getting a stipend every every other week or every month or however that worked to actually create earning a paycheck, did you ever have any money work that you did to continuously grow and bring and be able to attract more? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's funny, right? So I ended in fundraising. That was the job I transitioned into as an executive. So here I am from priest to now attracting money for organizations, you know, at a high level. So money was like part of my daily life all day. And so for me, my kind of foundation of money is that I, money, I do never, I never saw it as an evil. I see it as something that is, you know, beneficial, something that we, we need, you have to respect. And, you know, it's something that every person has a different relationship with it. And you have to know that. So for me, I wasn't driven by I want to make so many millions in the first year or something like that. You know, some people desire that. And that's not always necessarily wrong if it's backed by a sense of service and wanting to help others. But for me, it was a sense, yeah, I knew attracting money 
was when from a professional standpoint, my role, it was all about relationships. So here I am looking, you know, to raise quite some amount of money for organizations that I never looked at, at it as like a sales aspect, but I looked at it as a relationship. What were the values behind the person that we were seeking to ask significant money for? Why would they want to give? What are they seeking? And I found by taking that kind of very thoughtful, mindful approach, there was actually more that came my way. And, and, it, and it really had a huge impact by being very open. And intuitively, there would be creative things that would kind of come to my mind of, you know, opportunities to look at because I was looking more from a relational aspect, uh, more than just like a get, a get, you know, I need to get this money. And for me personally, yeah, it was wonderful. I saw and I understood that as I kept getting promotions and larger positions, there was more money and more that came from me. And that was a validating. It also enabled me to be able to do more. But I also always saw that as a responsibility as well. And, you know, as a sense of I had to steward that for myself. And I, I grew each time I got a promotion and there was more money. I, I grew in a deeper understanding. Okay, how do I invest this? What does this mean? How do I live on this? And so yeah, it was an ongoing thing. And now in my own company, it's still the same you know, looking at that in a different way. Well, the fact that you had that relational aspect down is huge. And carrying that into your own company is just going to be put you leaps and bounds in front. Because what a lot of people I, that I've seen tend to do when they start their own company is they almost have this feeling of anxiety and they just want to, you know, whatever comes along, get to it. Because if you don't have any clients, and you don't have any income, you don't really have a company. And so mm -hmm. people get desperate and that desperation drives them and people that they're uh, having conversations with feel it and they see it and it becomes even more difficult. And, you know, I could tell from the moment we started talking that you get it and that you're service oriented and you are a relational type of guy. You have that great energy about you that, you know, you're not out to get something from other people. You're there to serve. And when, you know, it's like if Zig Ziglar says, you know, the best way to get what you want is to help enough other people get what they want. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. I'll, I'll share this uh, with you too. I mean, I launched the company on November 11th. So it was 11-11 and um, I did it on purpose. And I launched my website at 11-11, everything. And what I decided to do, I took a very different approach when I launched the company. I took 11 days of gratitude. So I launched on November 11th and I had 11 days of gratitude. And what I intentionally did was reach out to people um, to let them know about the company, just to share what services I had, how I could be of service, not, you know, as a sense of like, oh, here's what I can do. And here's my packages. No, I'm here to be of service. What that did, it brought even more my way. And it came back in a very different way than I've ever had. And there was an easier flow. And there was just more that took place. So I find if you go out in a sense of service and, and have that, it's incredible. It changes everything. That in and of itself is gold right there, just to have the gratitude and to share that with other people. Brian, thank you so much for everything, not just in this episode, but also in the last episode that you were with us. I want to remind people, evolutionevolution.com is where they can find you to go there and check out everything you're up to and also to connect with you on LinkedIn. They can find that link in the show notes. Let's definitely do this again soon. I had such a blast. Me too. Thank you so much. It was really great to be with you today. 
Hey everyone, I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.